0: Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of That's Truth. I'm Nathan Owens and I'm sitting behind the broadcast desk of the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Pastor Murphy is on vacation for the month of August, so you will not be hearing his voice on the program tonight or for the next two weeks. But don't worry, and whatever you do, don't turn the radio off. Tonight and for the next two weeks, we have very capable, knowledgeable pastors who will be filling in in the absence of Pastor Murphy. Tonight, sitting across the desk from me is Pastor Nestor Campbell. Nestor Campbell is no stranger here to us at the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. You can hear his radio program, Love and Service at 6.40 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and at 8.30 p.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. Pastor Campbell has also been a guest speaker here on That's Truth last fall. Pastor Campbell, good evening and welcome to That's Truth. It's good to have you here in the studios this evening.
1: Thank you very much, Brother Nathan, and the pleasure is mine, and I count it a great opportunity to share in this ministry and thank God for what uh, Dr. Murphy has been able to do, you and Dr. Murphy together I could share with you that um, uh, on Sunday one person promoting this program said he listens um, regularly and that he learns a lot from this particular program so thank God for what you're doing
0: Thank you for sharing that. And let me, while we're sharing testimonies, let me share how the Lord has used this program in my life and I'm sure in the lives of listeners. Uh, just yesterday I had opportunity to uh, talk about religious things, uh, talk about the Bible to a gentleman who is not a believer. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the questions that he asked were things that Pastor Murphy has addressed over the last year and a half on this program. And it really has been a good uh, keeping me sharp on my apologetics and on being able to answer those common questions that are out there. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a very relevant topic, and I truly believe that every topic we discuss here on That's Truth is relevant, but the topic tonight is very applicable to all of us, no matter what stage of life we are. Our topic tonight is the importance of family in the life of a nation. And in a day and age where there is so much turmoil, Pastor Campbell, this is a very practical topic. Can you start out this evening by defining the family and family life?
1: Certainly, brother. And I do agree with you that it is a very uh, important topic. It's uh, It has a lot to do with how a nation develops or, for that matter, um, End up ends up being underdeveloped. My my definition would be that the family is made up of the husband, the wife, and the offspring of that union. There are those who will give uh, uh, alternative definitions, and uh, it suits the purpose for, for which. They give those definitions. For example, in our schools, in social studies, children are taught about various uh, alternative families. But um, my discussion would be based on the teachings of the Word of God, and from from the Word of God, we certainly understand that God expects that there will be a marriage between a man and a woman. As the word of God tells us, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto a wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. And they being one flesh are likely to be blessed with children. Now, the children, by the way, can be uh, biological or adopted.
0: Isn't that an old-fashioned definition, out-of-date definition for a family, though, Pastor? I mean, in today's day and age, we can Mm -hmm. have two women, we can have two men, we can have single parents, uh, and there are instances where a single-parent situation is is unavoidable, uh, the death of a, a parent, and so on and so forth. But How would you respond from a biblical worldview to the argument that that's an old-fashioned definition that you need to get with the times?
1: I will agree that it is an old-fashioned definition, but it's an old-fashioned definition that is current. (laughs) It's old-fashioned, yet it is current. It is applicable to our situation. It is, as the historian will say, extant. It's not uh, done away with. Uh, even though it is from the past. And the reason is that we serve an eternal God. Our God is from everlasting to everlasting. And he doesn't change. And he introduced it at creation. He introduced that format for the family at creation. Our Lord Jesus endorsed it. He said, from the beginning it was not so, but this is how it was. And he endorsed it. And uh, the apostles after him taught it. And the church in the early days practiced it. And uh, today we can see the difference between those who adhere to that teaching and those who fall victim to some of the the alternative uh, family, family life. And I dare say that those you've mentioned must not be of God. It must be that they are not of God for the simple reason that... It can actually lead to man becoming extinct you know if uh, you yeah. have a lot of women deciding that they are going to be uh, the, 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 the family format um, for them and lots of men deciding they will going to be the family format and if we were to adhere to that and and to follow on that we'll soon find a diminishing of population and maybe the extinct of mankind. But thank God, there will be the remnant who will follow God' God's righteous ways and God will preserve his people.
0: Now, for that family format to work, the definition you gave, are there some guidelines that you would give, things that there's there's just not room for in that family format?
1: Certainly, brother. And I, I dare say that I hope that Um, Our listeners will pay careful attention to these suggestions. I would suggest that there's no room for selfishness. When the husband and wife come together, they're married, there's no room for selfishness. You know, I think of Samson who said to his parents, "Get, Get me her for wife, for she pleases me well. He's thinking of what pleases mm. him. And uh, there's no room for that in the, in the ideal marriage. In the ideal marriage, here's somebody I love, and I want to please that person, and I want to make that person happy. The focus will be on the other person. That's one. I have a few others, if you want, I can mention. Yeah, go ahead. Disrespect by one for the other. That is a no-no. Too often, the men in particular think that, well, you know, my wife is the equivalent of a child and I can just uh, speak to her in any old manner without any regard for her feelings. And in some cases, vice versa, uh, for the, the woman also takes that position but there should be absolute respect for the person that you have taken on as your life partner. If there's no respect, there's going to be no happiness in that home. There should also, uh, there's also no room for deliberate public embarrassment by one of the other. We should only be doing things that make the other person comfortable happy and uh, generally to enjoy our relationship neglect or denial of any reasonable need of one or the other where it is possible to provide that need it should be provided not denied and then abuse so that's a no-no isn't it verbal abuse or physical abuse by one of the other. And I've known cases where the man was abused by the the wife and, um, and physically too. So we have got to stand up against that. That's not what uh, God intended when he brought man and woman together, when he brought Eve to Adam and he said, this is your wife. This is your helpmate. God intended that They should seek to uh, ensure that each other enjoys one another's company.
0: Pastor Campbell, we have a question that has come in from Antigua. It's fairly lengthy, so I'll read through it, and then if you want, we can break it down piece by piece. Thank you to the individual who sent this in. My daughter was abused by her father since she was eight years old. I have a lot of anger and bitterness in my heart against him, and I pray night and day for the Lord to take the anger and bitterness out of my heart. My daughter is like a baby right now. She smokes and drinks. She doesn't sleep at night. It hurts me. I would really like to know if I should leave everything in the hands of Jesus. I have taken the father to court, but he pays the police to help him not get in trouble for it, and he got away. My daughter tried to kill herself once. It's hurting me inside to see and know what my daughter has become. Her mind is not stable right now. Please give me your opinion as I can, so that I can know what to do to help her. Please help me.
1: First of all, let me say that I sympathize dearly with that mother and, uh, on, well, and what she's going through. It cannot be easy it's the kind of problems that we have that uh, caused me to want to, to bring up this topic of the family and as you would have seen as you mentioned some of the no-no's in in family life um, a while ago obviously there's a no no here that has become a yes yes unfortunately and uh, dear mother I I, I understand the, the grief that you feel as you look at your daughter falling to pieces, not being able to uh, realize her her real potentials and um, becoming victim of some vices that you would obviously not want for her. Your question, um, what should you do? Should you just leave it in the hands of the Lord? Well, you've seen that the attempt to take it to the court um, did not bear much fruit because we are in the world system. And uh, if we try to use the world system to solve the world's problems, we are probably going to end up with more of the world's problems. However, I can assure you that our God is alive. And our God is is aware of what you are going through what has happened i want you to understand too that the solution that you should be seeking is not to make your husband pay because he's going to pay the bible tells us that for some people judgment is immediate and for others they cannot escape it's going to come but we can leave that judgment in god's hand the prayer that you need to pray and May God help you as you pray, and may God grant the answer to your prayers. The prayer that you need to pray is for your daughter, that your daughter could be healed of this horrible experience that she's had, that your daughter can be put together, that God can fix what has been made wrong in her life, and that she can turn out to be a testimony of the goodness of God and the greatness of God, and I pray that that will be your experience. I can tell you that leaving things in God's hand is not the uh, policy of fools; it is the policy of faith. And if you have that faith, God can heal your daughter. He can deal with the her father who abused her, and ultimately. It may be in the mind of God to bring him back in repentance to the family and uh, uh, to become an asset, to become a blessing rather than a problem.
0: You're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. And maybe you just tuned in and you're saying, wait, that doesn't sound like Pastor Murphy. You're right. Pastor Murphy is on vacation for the month of August. But keep your radio dial tuned to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. This week and the next two weeks, we have very capable, knowledgeable pastors who will be filling in in the absence of Pastor Murphy. Tonight, we have a voice that I'm sure if you listen to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse at all, you will recognize as that of Pastor Nestor Campbell. Nestor Campbell has a re- program, Love and Service, on Tuesday and Thursday mornings and on Wednesday evenings at 830 30. Monday and Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Thank you very much to the individual who sent in that question. And let me assure you that we as a staff here at the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse will be praying for your situation and praying for the Lord to provide healing for your daughter. And this goes out to each and every one of you that is listening. We here at the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, we pray. We have a box of cards, and we pray through those cards. And we pray for listeners who write in or call in with need. So if you need someone to be praying for a particular request with you, feel free to contact us uh, during regular business hours at 462-1454. And we will be glad to pray with you on the phone at the time and also to create a prayer card and be praying through your situation and then check up with you in the future when they're... Uh, to see how the Lord has answered those requests. Pastor Campbell, are there any other no's when it comes to the family, things that the, the family just does not have room for?
1: Oh, yes, my dear brother. The one that I would mention now is refusing to communicate with the other. You know, there are cases where one party just withdraws and uh, and uh, probably out of a feeling of hopelessness or perhaps as a means of hurting the other. Uh, refusing to communicate will, so- will solve no problem. It, in fact, exacerbates the problem. It just makes it worse. So I would urge that the lines of communication... Uh, remain open between the parties. And uh, this could be the husband and the wife or the parents and the children, um, as the case may be. Um, Now, especially when it comes to resolving problems, there must be frank, open communication and it must be done in an Amicable spirit. It not, must not be done uh, as a means of hurting the other, casting blame. I saw a program recently in which a gentleman was asked about his uh, relationship with his wife and how it's uh, happened to be how it happens to be a pleasant one all the time. And he said, "Well, I take all the blame." I think what's that effect? <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes we've got to be willing to do that sort of thing and of course there's another and uh, that's unfaithfulness is a no-no temptation is there the flesh is always um, being excited by the devil he uses the eyes you know and uh, creates problems for either party Uh, it's not that one can do it and the other not uh, not do it Uh, Either party is open to temptation, but one has to think beyond the temptation and beyond what may seem to be the attraction to that temptation and think of the consequences. Think think of the after. Um, The hurt, the pain. And for the perpetrator, the regret. I mean, you know, imagine a person after he has done what he should not have done or she has done what she should not have done, having to ask herself, why did I do it? I, I, I just don't know what made me do it. You know, you end up in misery. So project one's mind, one should project one's mind beyond the temptation to the consequences and then make an informed decision as to whether or not it is worth it and you'll find that it is not worth it. Unfaithfulness, it should never occur it should be confessed and dealt with without delay. Do you have a
0: question that you would like answered from a biblical worldview? We are here to hear your question and answer it from the Bible. You can call and be put live on the air at 12684627420. Or if you'd rather not talk live on the air, I understand, you feel free to WhatsApp or text your question to 1-268-782-1454. Again, WhatsApp or text, 2 782 1454 And if you are calling or texting or commenting your question on Facebook Live and you would rather remain anonymous, uh, we can definitely do that. We will keep it generic that uh, you are just contacting us from the Caribbean or that you're just contacting us. It doesn't even matter. We have listeners. I know outside of the Caribbean. I know we have listeners in the US and Canada, some in the UK. Thank you for listening to that's truth. We are here to answer your questions from a biblical worldview and each evening we each Tuesday evening discuss a different topic and address it from what the Bible says. Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 7.53. Pastor Campbell, so you've been listing what a family is and things that a family just doesn't have room for. Okay, now let's talk about the positive. What are some benefits of having such a relationship?
1: There are many, and we can't list them all in a program like this, or maybe in any program, because when God introduces something to us, they are loaded with benefits. And uh, I would say that happiness and health are likely to accrue to the parties. And I think in terms of uh, where the understanding is that each one exists and operates for the happiness of the other. So that if the other party, whether it be the wife, the husband, or a child, is not happy, if that other party is not happy, then virtually no member in the family will be happy until that problem that causes the unhappiness is resolved. Hence, in a family situation as God intended it to be, there will be happiness. There should be laughter in the home. There should be conversations. There should be the feeling of, of friendship, the uh, the welcoming spirit, the knowing that you belong here. No member of the family should feel excluded. And this is why we have to watch that thing we call um, uh, the, the, a partisan kind of situation, where you, you practice favoritism, showing mo- uh, more favor to one child than the other. That's not to be. That That's a hurtful situation. So happiness, and of course, because of the lifestyle that is generated from family life, one can also expect health. Now, the l- loose living is itself a problem when it comes to health. But there's also the health that comes From the love and the affection it's a mental health it is emotional health and it is also physical health because of living within the ambit of righteousness it uh, also uh, brings about that physical health and of course um, it goes without saying that that health is enhanced by the care that one gives to the other.
0: Pastor Campbell, you referenced the the happiness and the health that is a result of that relationship and the time spent together as a family. I recently came across a study that stated, that, and this is a study from 2017, stated that only one in five individuals these are adults who were surveyed, really take a break from work on their day off. Mm. Can a healthy family continue and grow and flourish if work is becoming such a part of the busyness of life? And what advice would you have to the individual who finds themselves struggling to make time for their family?
1: I believe that uh, there may be exceptions in the ideal biblical family situation where uh, one has to um, be putting those extra hours on a continuous basis uh, in order to make ends meet. But because one of my arguments would be, and, and, and I've observed this over the years and maybe to some extent, I, I don't want to be personal, but um, uh, in my own experience, because God has guided my situation, um, I think that God enables us to adequately meet our needs. And in saying that, I, I am I'm cognizant of the fact that um, it is God who provides. You know he provides if I might share a quick testimony here I right? I was a teacher for about 30 years and um, and the teaching salary having taught in Guyana and Jamaica and Antigua I could not find the money to um, buy myself a house and my family a house but I remained faithful to the Lord and then the Lord just said leave the teaching and go into insurance and I went into insurance full-time for seven years, and in those seven years, the Lord made up for all those years before. and Amen. You know, and enabled me to have my own house now. And and uh, my children and so forth were able to spend their last days as it were with us in, in, in our own house.
0: Mm-hmm. Pastor, I'm going inter- to uh, interrupt you for just a minute here. We have a caller calling from Antigua. Thank you for calling, and go ahead with your question, please. Hello? Mm-hmm. All right. I don't think the caller's on the line anymore. Uh, sorry for the interruption. If you uh, want to call back, we will put you live on the air. Uh, Pastor Campbell.
1: Yes. Um, so financial success is more likely in a relationship that is similar to the biblical relationship. Uh, for a number of reasons. There's coordination, you know, two people working together. You know, it's 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 kind of awkward, isn't it? That that um sometimes you have a situation I I, I wish I could dramatize this, but you have a situation where somebody says to some a friend of his, "See, look my dad coming down the road and that friend says, Oh, I've known you all these years, and I've known him all these years, but I never knew that that was your dad. Mm. you know. And what that, that means is that the foundation of their relationship is an individual sort of foundation. So the dad is way over there doing his thing. The mom is there doing her thing, and maybe with the kids, and there's not that coordination. And there is not that working together for financial success, and uh, and there is not the combination of effort, you know, and hence, in it is more likely in such a situation that uh, uh, an employee will have to be working all hours, beyond hours, in order to make ends meet, especially when that paycheck has got to be divided into three or four homes.
0: All right, we have the caller on the air. Uh, Thank you for calling, and go ahead with your question, please. Hello? Yes, good evening.
1: Hello?
0: Yes, can you hear me?
1: Yes, I I can hear you, but uh, you're sounding very far.
0: All right. Go ahead with your question for Pastor Campbell, please. Yeah,
1: I was saying asking if it is a, if it is a is not is not uh, um, the will of God for somebody to take a, a man to court to support a child.
0: Uh, is it okay to take someone a okay. man to court? So you're asking if it's okay to, for a woman to take a man to court I for can't child hear support? I you,
1: good. If you could answer the question on the radio, because I cannot hear you clearly.
0: All right, we will. Thank you for calling, and we will answer your question. I appreciate you calling. I believe she was asking uh, if it's okay for a woman or a mother to take a man to court for child support. Is that biblical?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> the Bible addresses uh, the Christian on the matter of child support, support for the children in uh, First Timothy chapter five, we are told that the um, man who doesn't support his family ha- is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith and that he should do it. He should support his family. The woman is called upon to look after the children to keep the house, but the husband to s- finance the family. Primarily, now, if the father neglects uh, to do that, if he is not carrying out his responsibility, then it is pretty obvious that um, what the is available will have to be uh, be the recourse, and what's available, the court of law. Unfortunately, as I understand it, I'm not too au fait with these things, but. As I understand it, the laws only allow uh, um, the court to impose a small amount uh, for child support. And in these days, those amongst obviously won't do it, <laughs> won't meet the needs. My answer, therefore, is if there is no other way, if all other ways have been tried and um, uh, without success, then... One has to use what is available, and that's the court of law.
0: You are listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. We're broadcasting from the island of Antigua, 1160 a.m., 92.3 f.m., and online for anyone in the world to listen at www.radiolighthouse.org. Thank you for taking time on your Tuesday evening to make the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, and specifically this program, That's Truth, part of your routine Pastor Campbell Pastor Nestor Campbell is here in the studio this evening and he is discussing the importance of a family of the family in the life of a nation Pastor Campbell I keep interrupting you but if you can continue listing some of the benefits of having a healthy family relationship as the Bible sets it out
1: certainly my brother and as I said before, there are quite a few, and I'll probably just touch on some of them. Uh, I want to reemphasize financial success is more likely in the relationship that is based on the biblical principles, uh, because, as I mentioned, of the coordination, the combination of effort, and the cooperation within the family, where even the children might get involved, uh, you know, I have seen this in uh, in a non-Christian culture because I grew up in a situation where I was able to observe both the Western culture and the Eastern culture. And in the Eastern culture, it was amazing to watch the family work together and lift themselves from absolute poverty to uh, one of abundance. Um, and uh, they did it in ways that we wouldn't, those who are inculcated in Western culture may not do it. Um, But it was because of the family working together. So if we follow the biblical principle, we can work together and we can see financial success. But I want to say, too, that children are likely to be more stable as students and later more sound in their development, their personal development If they grow up in a family setting, a child who has to say, I don't even know my father, or if I see my father now, I turn my back, that child is already tortured mentally. Not so long ago, someone came to me, and she was in tears because of uh, what she saw as the failing of her well it's actually her husband uh, who no longer lives with her and uh, the suffering that the child uh, um, was going through we we don't want that the children are affected that particular child and I'm glad that I, I know that nobody listening to me would know who I'm talking about but that particular child is not doing well at school at all. I offered to help the child personally, and the child rejected my offer. You know, I offered to help him with the studies. Um, because there's that instability that comes up, uh, that results from the absence of the father. And there are cases, you know, where even the mother might be absent, and it hurts the children. You know, I've, I've seen that. I don't want to give too close an example, but I've seen it uh, when in, in, in a few years ago when I was teaching and uh, the mother picked up herself, as we would say in our parlance, the Caribbean parlance, picked up herself and went to the States. And the father had to be struggling with all these children. So, and amazingly, and unfortunately, things got worse when the father died. You know, So, um, the stability of the children and their personal development is enhanced when the family is there together for each other as the Bible intended it to be. I appeal to persons who have been thinking about whether or not they're going to go with this marriage thing or, and family life and so forth. If you love the Caribbean, if you love your country, You will want to do it because there are blessings that accrue from living the right way.
0: Pastor, we have a WhatsApp question that's come from Trinidad and Tobago. Hi, good night. Listening to your program all the way from Trinidad and Tobago. Very interesting. I have a question. I grew up in a dysfunctional family where I developed a lot of negative tendencies and traits growing up. I never had a great relationship with my dad. More so, my relationship with men in general is not great. If this is a psychological problem, how can I address it? Very good question. Thank you for sending that in, and thank you for listening from that far away.
1: The thing that the Bible speaks about—thanks for that question. As you said, a very good question. And uh, the thing uh, that one needs to acquaint oneself with— Is God's way and God's way is to depend on him and depending on him means having faith in him so in spite of all the things that may have happened in one's early life if one can come into that experience in which faith dictates how we think faith in God dictates how we think how we work how we live it's going to make the difference and I believe that that faith in God is a healing faith as well. So that where we might have had uh, a psychological effect coming out of dysfunctional families, as the listener mentioned, that listener, listener, I urge you to put your trust fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unless you do that, you will not know what God can really do for you. You know, many in our world today expect uh, that God will work miracles and so forth. But God has de- declared that we have to believe on Him if we are to please Him. It says there in Hebrews uh, 11 and 6 Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if we are not pleasing God, we are not going to see the goodness of God as we, want it, as we would want to see it. God is good and merciful. He sends the rain on the just and, and on the unjust. But if you really want to see the solution, the turnaround in your life, I urge you to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and in pleasing God, in, in, in trusting in Christ, you're pleasing God, because God said, this is my beloved Son, hear ye Him. And if you need more expl- further explanation on this, I would suggest you visit the Bible-believing church, have a talk with your pastor, and make your relationship with Christ perfect, and then see how He will work on your relationship with others.
0: Once that person is a believer are there steps that they can take that would encourage that healing? Should they go to psychologists? Should they spend time in prayer? What, what should they do in order to find that healing that we know God can provide?
1: I mentioned the, the idea of faith, and uh, I know that the recommendation is by experts even christian experts is that one should seek professional help um so i'm not going to discount that in any way as a matter of fact i will encourage that but not as the first step i think as a first step one has to uh, make one calling an election sure one has to make sure that he or she has a right relationship with christ now you say maybe a person is a christian but being a christian in terms of having uh, said the prayer of faith and so forth um doesn't mean that one has grown and developed and uh, the, the 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 relationship with christ must be perfected to the point where you don't hold um grudges against persons you know you're able to forgive and um you're able to leave things in the hands of the Lord, and you can be sure that um, you know underneath are the everlasting arms. God will be able to. De- God will deal with the situation.
0: We have a couple more, three more questions that have come in from Antigua, and some of these are lengthy. So I'll read through them, and we can break them down if we need to. First one. There's a church that I go to. Some strange things are happening in the church, and I don't understand. I love the members and the pastor. The pastor says that when he calls down fire on you, if someone is beside you and doesn't have the fire, that person is supposed to catch the fire. And when he makes a command, everyone must obey that command. And when he makes a certain command, anyone not speaking in tongues should be falling on the ground and vomit like a demon, spirit vomiting out of their mouth. How can the pastor command someone to speak in tongues if they can't speak in tongues? I don't fall down and I don't speak in tongues. I would like to know if you are praying in your heart and worshiping God, but not running up and down the aisle shouting like a mad person, does God still answer your prayer? I would really like to understand this because it is very confusing to me.
1: Confusing to me as well because uh, many years ago I um, went with a school friend who used to be a school friend who had become a leader in his church. We were all very young at the time. He was young, he was married. I was just married myself. And um, I went, uh, my wife and I went, you know, as an act of friendship. And um, in the meeting that was going on, there was a lot of shouting and screaming. It was the first time I had been there. I didn't expect it. A lot of shouting and screaming and so forth. And people were uh, a- acting with all of the emotion and so forth. And I felt as empty and dry. And then the wife of the gentleman got up and she said, "How could all of you be praying at the same time?" Now I want to know if that was the first time it was happening, or if she just saw me there and decided that, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't work. And she called them to order. She said, "You know," she uh, she, she she said it like it should be. Um, of course, uh, I, I never went back because it was just a visit, and they're still my friends um, many so many years after. But. Um, the point I'm making there is that if I go to a place and I'm not comfortable and you know, I find it disturbing and so forth, why would I want to go back? I can't change them. I can't stop the pastor from doing what he's doing. Maybe I can talk to him, but uh, I don't know how effective that would be. I can't stop the people from rolling on the ground and screaming, but I can certainly stop myself from going once I know that that is not of, of God and if it's not of God then um, I don't want to give you two guess as to who it would be of so um, and of course I, it's not my place to judge um, and uh, so my my, my my response is uh, that more important than whether the pastor has the authority to command and for people to fall and all the things that he says, more important is your own place. Is that your place? Is that where you should be?
0: As I was reading that question and as you were answering it, a couple of thoughts came to my mind. and uh, I'm curious to get your input on this. Uh, definitely sounds like confusion in the church and there's verses in scripture that clearly teach that God is not the author of confusion mm-hmm. so based on that I if what she's saying is happening I we have no reason to doubt it uh, I would suggest that she find a church that pleases God uh, because a church that is operating in a basis of confusion and that type of uh, chaos uh is not what the New Testament church uh, that I see in the Bible is. Another question. Uh, I have a one-year-old granddaughter. She acts like 12 years old. If her mother slaps her, my granddaughter slaps her back. She turns her back and sucks her teeth. If her daddy is eating, she will throw shoes in his food. She throws balls in the house to play. She kicks off her over her juice this is the first I have seen a little baby act like this she's very rude mashes up everything in the house you slap her and she looks you in the face and does the same thing again I would like to know if you think she has a demon spirit in her
1: actually as you read that I was seeing what seemed to be evidence of, of demon possession However, one has one, one cannot really make a determination from this distance, the distance of radio and and the locale um, but the parents I mean more important than the concern of the grandparents must be the concern of the parents and they're the ones who would have to inquire into this uh, I mean they must see that this is not the way for the child to go and and it doesn't. All go well for what the child can become, um, and if they can't control the child at one year, they you know I think you said she's one year old, yeah. acts like a twelve year old. If she can't control, if they can't control her at one year, then they are going to imagine the problem they will have when she's twelve. if if, if this isn't dealt with, if it's a demonic problem, then one has to find out if the parents are. Um, concerned about it enough to do what has to be done about it, you know. Uh, we 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 have a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, people look at church like you know the church uh, churches that we attend, and they feel that we we're powerless. As a matter of fact, I've heard it said, but I know that that is not so. You know, I remember after one prayer meeting some time ago, um, somebody came in, the prayer meeting was over, and just two of us were left, myself and another brother. And uh, the person came and said, I want to speak to the pastor. And uh, we said, well, what is it? And it turned out, by the time we got out of the office into the general area, um, there was a, a petite young lady she was 21 years old I found out later um, being held down by about six people Wow! and my thought was this lady ha- was had a mental problem and they were on their way to the mental hospital which wasn't too far away from where we were and while I con- had that thought she continued to do things until finally she broke one of our heavy pew that we had you know, and uh, tore somebody's church, pulled somebody's Bible out, to, uh, either me or the brother, I don't remember. Now it's some years ago. And then I became convinced that this was a demonic. And the moment I ca- became convinced, just the moment I became convinced, the Spirit of God moved in me and said, She is delivered. So I turned to the others, you know, reporting what, what the Spirit of God was uh, saying to me. And said to them, She is delivered. And they looked at me as if I'm crazy because this girl is still carrying on. And shortly after I said it, she vomited. And she was transformed in that moment to a gentle, loving child. Amen. She held us and she kissed us. And, you know, so God is able. And uh, from that, that experience, I can say to you that if you. Put your trust in God and seek the deliverance for this child. God will grant it. But it must be done on the basis of faith in Christ.
0: Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 8.23. You're listening to That's Truth. And the voice that you hear answering the questions is not that of Pastor David Murphy, as usual, but it is that of Pastor Campbell who is filling in while Pastor Murphy is on vacation. One other question that has come in from a listener. Uh, My daughter's name is Shakira. A pastor told me that anyone named Shakira has a wizard spirit. The pastor said my daughter won't be better until her name changes. She is very rude. She drinks and smokes. What's the use of changing her name now since she's in her 20s? I know many other people with that name who are living happy lives. I would like to know if you think this is true.
1: Well, with my background, I know the name Shakira from another culture. And um, I'm always amazed when I come to a a more westernized, fully westernized culture like Antigua or Jamaica and and encounter the same name, Shakira. Um, Yes, I know it is from another culture. And uh, I would not, when the time when I was having children, I would not for a moment consider giving my child that name. however um, yes many people have that name I, I'm really encountering a lot of those na- that, na- that name pretty frequently and uh, they don't seem to have a problem. however if I, I also know of another situation where a child had a name that was also of another culture. Um I actually taught that child in school some time ago, and it turned out that the parent the 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 adopted mother changed the name of that child, took away that name that eastern name, and gave her a western name and I think that they they saw some improvement I now of course one has to consider whether it was a change of name or it was a change of attitude towards a child, and so forth. Um, what I would say about changing the name of a 20-year-old is that at that point, it's the 20-year-old who has to decide that she wants uh, her, her name changed. Yeah. Um, the parents really can't really influence them. They can advise her, but the decision has to be hers. But in addition to that... Or failing that it's our attitude towards that person Uh, love love makes a lot of difference and maybe that person is finding comfort in love because she did not find love sorry she's finding comfort in the alcohol etc because she did not find love in the relationship with parents and others we have to watch how we relate to our uh, children and in the whole family context, and that's what we're talking about. In the family context, love is important. I've I've seen it in churches where one particular child is allowed to sit next to the dad. And I can see the longing in the eyes of of another for a chance to sit next to that dad. And Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, only one child is Mm. allowed to sit next to the dad. And I, I've i seen, I remember many, many years ago, a similar situation, and we had, um, tried to address it, and we were rebuffed. And it turned out that while the others went on for the Lord, the one who seemed to have been excluded does not go on for the Lord today. So we have to be careful about how we are showing love. And I'm sharing these things because I think the... Um, Experiences that one picks up as one goes along is probably more important than many books. And um, um, I just say to you, love your family, love your husband, love your wife, love your children, and demonstrate it in the most practical of ways, because we should love not only in word, but in deed also.
0: Pastor, I know that uh, even on BBC News, there's seems like ever more frequent reports of shootings. Uh, I'm thinking of the U.S. because that's where a lot of the, the uh, spotlight is shined right now on those calling for gun control and all. But a number of those shootings take place in schools. I have a study here where an individual, based on their study, says a majority of school shooters come from fatherless homes, and a study of older male shooters, think of Stephen Paddock, that was the shooter in the Las Vegas massacre a couple years ago, produces similar results. Indeed, the consequences of fatherlessness are simply staggering. Would you... From a biblical worldview, have any reason to question or uh, argue with those results, those findings?
1: Do those surprise you? No, they don't at all, because God is always right. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I, I sound a little monotonous, uh, bringing us back to that fact, because that's how d- he is the one who created the world and um, what he has put in place as right is right and what he has declared to be wrong is wrong um and so if if we do not have the father in place we are gonna have problems similarly of course if we didn't have mothers in place we would the problem would have been exacerbated to, to a greater extent um but thank God for those faithful mothers. There's one Caribbean poet uh, entitled this poem. I think it was a Caribbean poet who uh, wrote a poem entitled My My Mother Who Fathered Me. And um, thank God for those mothers who attempt to father their children. But fathers need to be in place. The absence of fathers means the absence of authority. The fa- absence of father means the absence of the best of counsel. Because a boy child in particular would listen to the counsel of the father, maybe, without a fear or whatever, but he listened to the counsel of the father much more than he's likely to listen to the counsel of others. The absence of father is the absence of what should be the priest in the house, the, interce- the interceder, the one who will uh, intercede for the family and succeed for the children before the Lord? You know, my children know that whenever problems get beyond uh, their ability to deal with it, they can call back on that, you know, and... Um, God has just put us fathers in place for times like these, and it is sad. Now, it is not the same. Uh, it's not the same in every case, not in a, in every situation. There could be other causes. There could be other reasons. Even though the father factor is uh, evident in the majority of cases that you mentioned, there could be lots of other um, factors that are impacting. The lives and the actions of these persons, but um, let us not let us have the father in place, the family in place, and then deal with the other situations.
0: Are there any other benefits that you would like to mention of a strong family before we move on to some other aspects of the family here in our last thirty minutes of the
1: program? Yeah, certainly, brother. Um, the family that is in keeping with God's plans uh, will be an asset to the community rather than a problem in society. There's a problem in society when uh, the family can't find a home to live in, when the family can't find food, when the family has... Uh, Problems dealing with the discipline of the children, and the children are um, antisocial, becoming nuisance in the community. But when the family is there, as they should, father, mother, children together, the the, the, the community benefits uh, because they are they they are not a problem in themselves, and in addition to that, they can become solution other problems other people's problems rather than being a problem in this, in this society children produced within such a family are more likely to become model citizens we need more of those don't we we yes. do so much and thank God for those we you know um, we still have a long way to go in the Caribbean but thank God for those family, those households where the children are model Citizens, as a result of the family life in which they, they grew up. Now, such a family, the family that uh, is in keeping with God's plans for, for us, such a family will undoubtedly contribute to all the things that make a nation strong, a strong economy, because they'll be working. As a matter of fact, I believe that the, 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 you have a better chance... Of the product of such a family, being an inventor, being a researcher in science, etc. Uh, in the Golden Grove area, we had a young lady. I, when I left Jamaica, she was a, uh, virtually a babe. And then I got an email from a person I recognized the name. She didn't recognize me. She didn't realize that I used to be in Jamaica, and I, you know, her parents visited my home when I was there. But she was in a, a school for exceptional students in the United States. And at an early age, she already had her PhD in um, chemical engineering. And she wanted a year to s- serve the Lord. And somebody advised her to contact me, and she sent me this email. And she came and she spent eight months with us in the Golden Grove community serving contributing, having come from a Christian home, a Christian family, and she was engaged, she was, when she left Golden Grove, she got married, and then she went she went to on um, company business throughout Europe teaching people how to generate electricity from garbage, etc. Hmm. You know, making a contribution. Now, not every case you will have that but in some ways they will be making a contribution there are lots of benefits to come from you know the ideal family
0: i have a report here in my hands from an individual who served for uh, looking for the number of years uh, 8 years as a criminal court judge and during that time he heard over 10,000 cases Mm -hmm. And he says that in each case, he was given information about the defendant describing their family situation. He says that over 90% of the cases in which he heard in which there was a felony committed, the felon came from a fatherless or broken home. Even if that number was only 70%, 60%, 50%, to think if we can strengthen the families, if we can bring the family unit back to what God intended it to be, how many fewer people would be in prison, and how many fewer people would have been harmed because of these felons who are now in prison? It's just a, a cascading effect that you said it makes a strong nation, and I think that's a very good way of putting it, that if you have that building block of the strong family, you have a strong nation. And it's interesting. I don't know if you'd agree with me, Pastor Campbell, but I feel strongly that Satan is attacking the family as the foundation of a
1: nation. Absolutely. I can see that, well, Satan realizes, and I can see that Satan realizes this, that if you can uh, destroy the family, if you can shatter what God intended to be, you virtually destroy the world, you know. If we are to operate as individuals, there are, there's a limit to what we can do. But when we come together as a family, and the family serves as the foundation of the of the nation of, of nation building, then that nation is likely to be strong, because the family is going to produce the individuals. That will that, that that will serve the needs of the nation. There will be producers. There will be inventors. There will be enablers. There will be first responders. There will be scientists, and in so many ways, you know, it will come out of that. And and we I've I've done a little history, and of course over the years I've. Uh, followed what has been happening in our world. And I have found that where these values are not present, the nations devolve into social unrest, into violence, into crime, and so forth, just as you have been referencing from your research. And thank you very much for those relevant questions. Uh, pieces of information that you've picked up it's the kind of thing that we need to know in our community and hence I would make my appeal particularly to us in the Caribbean yeah we've got wonderful families but it's not always so we have got a long way to go we have, have even in the church where young men are not even getting married for what reason I don't know I got married at 24 and my brothers thought I Waited too long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that um, I wish that people will do just what Paul says. Marry, bring up children, care for the home.
0: There are people, though, that get married, Pastor, and their marriage doesn't last long. Maybe they had a couple of children and then the marriage disintegrates. Wouldn't it have been better off if they had just stayed in that long-term non-committed relationship of just living together? Wouldn't that better society rather than having broken family that was split because of divorce?
1: Yes, well, it is unfortunate that such things do happen, that people live in an informal uh, semi-committed relationship, uh, semi-commitment to a relationship. And um, then they decide, well, let's try marriage, and then it doesn't last. It's unfortunate that that happens. It doesn't always happen, and it doesn't have to happen. Whenever two persons, I believe this with all my heart, that when two persons come together, and and this comes under my definition of family life, as the union of a man and a woman who are emotionally attracted and intellectually committed to each other with absolute determination to make each other happy for the rest of their natural lives and to take every care to ensure the well-being of children that may become the fruit of the union. When that is the situation, when there's that commitment to each other that says we're in this not just for the long haul, but until death do us part, then there could be no, nothing that can come to cause you to separate from each other except in those exceptions. There will be exceptions, obviously.
0: If a man and a woman are committed to each other and are living faithfully in a mutual relation, mutual understanding that they're not uh, living and having sex outside of that relationship, but they're not married from the state's perspective, is that still considered marriage in the sight of God?
1: I have heard that um, thought given that that's marriage Um, you know Isaac uh, Abraham's servant brought uh, Rebecca and Isaac met her and took her into his mother's tent they were married (laughs) Um, some Bible scholars argue though that there was some ceremony because it was the custom in those days for them to have a ceremony but that apart I note the fact that the Lord Jesus was present at the marriage ceremony in Canaan, and obviously that was his signal of approval for a marriage ceremony. It's like baptism. Baptism is a testimony that you have entered into a permanent, eternal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want to make that public. Similarly, if you two are going to be committed to each other, you want to make it public. And the way that has been adopted, the means that has been adopted uh, by society to make it public is the marriage ceremony. And I would say that it is the right thing to do.
0: In the last 15 minutes of the program here, you're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. And the topic tonight that we are discussing is that of the importance of the family in the nation, in the strength of a nation. In the last 15 minutes of the program, Pastor Campbell, we've been talking about things that what is the family from a New Testament biblical perspective, what is there not room for in a New Testament family, and what are some of the benefits, and I'm sure we could go on and on and on discussing possible benefits But are there any positive examples of some nations that have that family structure that the New Testament teaches and that you can point to and say, here's an example of what a nation can become if they have this intact family unit?
1: Yes, certainly. And (laughs) there was a mystery to this for me for many years as I thought of Japan, for example, and the peace that they experienced, the economic development. They were the second largest economy in the world until um, just about a decade or so or less ago when China overtook them. Um, and I wondered, these people don't know Christ. I mean, the number, the. the, the, the a uh, percentage of the population that adhere to Christian views is pretty small, I would think. Um, but yet, they experience these blessings. And I ask, why? And the question is, the answer seemed to be to me that righteousness does not necessarily mean that they have committed to Christ and are Christians, but without that knowledge of Christ and Christianity, as Paul says, those without the law, you know, don't know the law, but they're still keeping the law uh, in principle. These people have kept up the Christian principles of marriage. They're given to that, and they 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 have established their homestead, their familyhood, and they stick to it. I remember someone saying to me that um, he asked an eastern man, an Indian man actually how is it that the Indians seem to have maintained a marriage relationship while others uh, I'm talking this is back in Guyana uh, um, other Guyanese don't seem to make it and the man says we easterners love the woman we marry. You marry the woman you love. Mm. And <laughs> that there in the, dis- the, the difference. And what, what he is actually saying is that you marry out of passion, and when that passion is gone, the marriage is over. But we, because we, in, in Guyana, they very often, my so many of my friends, when they got married, they never saw the bride until after the ceremony. <laughs> and... Uh, but once they are... Put there by their parents they are committed to that marriage and as a result of that they're able to build their family life and and they're pretty successful at it so imagine if those of us who know Christ or have heard about Christ because many of us have heard about Christ but have not committed to Christ imagine if those of us who have heard about Christ could also Fall in line with the principles of the Word of God concerning marriage. How much more would the blessings accrue to us? And this is my appeal, therefore, to us in the Caribbean. He that knows the truth and do it not will be beaten with many stripes. So let us as a people in the Caribbean, not only seek to get marriage, to get married, and uh, after the wedding, it's any, anybody's guess as to how long it will last one head one one magazine had it um, cover headline till divorce do us part you know um, so my appeal to us in the caribbean my appeal to the caribbean people honor the lord in all your ways and certainly in terms of marriage and the family life let love prevail in that family let Peace be experienced by all and let each one be committed to the happiness of the other before themselves. Don't be like uh, Samson who said, she pleases me well, get her for me to wife. That's not the idea. In 2016,
0: when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were getting divorced, Jolie actually said, it never crossed her mind that her son would need a father.
1: Hmm.
0: Is that not a sad commentary on where our world is today, that we don't even acknowledge the need of the young men to have that father, that role model? Yes, the daughters also need that father role model, but the sons need someone to exemplify and to to model uh, that that quote jumped out at me as a very sad statement on society.
1: And that need remains a need because the fathers, um, in many cases, were sons, or when they were sons, didn't have fathers. And uh, it didn't seem important to them, important enough for them to end the the trend, so, you know, to bring that to an end and to start anew, start afresh and determine that just as a son needs a father, the son also needs a mother with a husband who is the father. And I think that um, it is important that our young men deter- determine that whether or not they had a complete family uh, unit in which they grow up, they are going to be different. They are going to do what is right.
0: Are you able to point to any other, maybe one other uh, positive example of a country or a group of countries that have followed that biblical model of a family structure and it has benefited them?
1: Uh, Yes, I've looked at European countries and I think that um, some person would wish that I don't mention mention um, these countries but it's the reality uh, where family life is held dear and the blessings have come down. I do believe that in ma- many uh, um, I mentioned it in Japan and maybe Korea and so forth they have not adhered to Christianity, they've got other religion, but they hold the principles of Christianity to a great extent. While in the case of the European countries, they have fully committed, you know, fully in the general sense of the word as nations to following Christ, whether it be the way persons who attend churches like you and I do uh, practice it or, Maybe in some other way, but um, they defend the name of Christ. You know, you mentioned the uh, apologetics; they they hold to uh, defending Christ. You know, even at the cost of their lives, many of them have lost their lives in, in in that defense. But as part of that commitment to their belief in Christ, has been their family life, and I think that the The blessings have come their way. You know, I I thank God for Antigua, from which we we are, this broadcast is emanating, and um, we always say, you know, I come from. I was born in Guyana, where there's gold and bauxite, and now there's oil. But before that, there's timber, there's rice, sugar was king at one time, and all of that. Um, in in Antigua, you say you have sun, sea, and sand. But if you have the blessing of the Lord, the people come from the places with the bauxite and other things, to the place with the sun, sea, and and, 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 um, sun. And um, I do thank God for Antigua, and I believe that Antigua is going to go places if they follow the Lord. And I'm hoping for all the Caribbean, for Guyana, for Jamaica, for Barbados, I'm a true Caribbean person. I love the Caribbean.
0: We've got five minutes left in the program. Are you able to point to some examples, maybe some positive examples, maybe some negative examples from Scripture, since that is the basis of this program, in relation to the family? Some negative and some positive examples from the Bible.
1: Yes. um, I'm always amazed with uh, David. Because of these multiple um, spouse rela- spousal relationship, um, David had a number of wives, and uh, it seems as though he favoured some of the sons from one wife over the other. And uh, as we look at those examples in the Bible, we realize that it, it's not the best; it doesn't work out very well. You're in First Kings one. We're told about Absalom and Adonijah. Actually, it's about Adonijah, and it men, it's mentioned that Adonijah is the brother of Absalom. And it says both of them were good-looking. And both of them attempted to overthrow David as king because David did not seem to be interested in disciplining those those people. Adonijah did a lot of wrong things, and the Bible says David didn't tell him anything about it. You know? because of that favor of this one wife and the children because she's producing uh, good-looking boys. Absalom was absolutely fascinating in his looks and Adonijah was the same. Um, uh, the same thing came up with uh, Abraham. He was a different sort and he had to decide between Hagar's son and Sarah's son. Which one am I going to send out? You know, Because of that multiplicity uh, in the relationship uh, to wives.
0: Still paying the consequences of that today. Today,
1: yes. But uh, in the New Testament it's changed. The Bible, that in the, you, read in uh, you read the New Testament, you read the teaching of Jesus and the apostles and you're told husband and one wife until death.
0: So that's the model that we should be following yes. in 2019.
1: Amen. That is. Mm -hmm.
0: Husband and one wife. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. We are broadcasting from the island of Antigua. We have just a couple of minutes left in this episode of That's Truth. And Pastor Nestor Campbell has been here answering questions and discussing the topic on the importance of the family in the nation, the life of a nation. Pastor Campbell. In the last two and a half minutes, do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to summarize this very practical but yet very broad topic that seems to touch on every area of life?
1: Yes, it does, and and um, the the benefits from doing things right are both personal, communal, and uh, national and and regional as well. So. Um, there, there's every good reason for doing the right thing, for doing it the right way. And um, I'm obviously referring to marriage. But I also want to say that I would love to encourage our young men to get married. Um, because I believe that lots of the um, the situation where children are born outside of wedlock is not often the will of the mothers, at least I I, I don't know it. I I would think not. Um, But for all the reasons we have mentioned, whether they be economic, social, psychological, all the good things that come out of the right relationship, I think that we owe it to our country and we owe it to our region. We owe it to our community to do it the right way. Young men, marry. And uh, young men and young women, as you become one in marriage, be committed to the endurance of that marriage.
0: Pastor Campbell, how would you rate the Caribbean in terms of compliance with God's demand on marriage? And are they in line for receiving God's blessings in that area?
1: I believe that we are Uh, Better than many, but not better than most. (laughs) And therefore, we have a long way to go. We we still see, you know, I can still thank God for being able to bring my children up in the Caribbean. Um, I might have had opportunity to do like other people who are heading elsewhere, Um, but I I preferred, and I I took that decision, uh, to bring my children up in the Caribbean, and, and it is to, because we are how we are at this time. I believe that we are not badly off, but we have got a long way to go, and may God help us to get there soon.
0: In 20 seconds, should a woman or a man remain in an abusive relationship? You're saying stay married, stay married, but if a person is in an abusive relationship where one's life is threatened, should they remain?
1: In everything, there's the exception, and certainly if there's an abusive relationship to the point of no reconciliation and fear of death, fear for one's life, get out.
0: You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Thank you for your interaction tonight on the program. God bless. Keep your radio dial tuned to CRL. Thank you for joining us for today's program.